Greetings, Shabbat Shalom, Baruch Hashem, Yahweh, the 12 tribes scattered abroad. We are here this Sabbath, and I'm so excited to be able to spend this time with you. And you guys, I hope, excited to spend some time together in the chat, in the fellowship. Remember, go to TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect to connect with one another six days a week on all of our community platforms. Well, I was really surprised. I had some telephone calls this week, some texts, and quite a few emails thanking me for last week's teaching about money. So I thought, in response, you know sometimes I like to get stuck in chapters, that we would continue on with that because I was quite surprised. Because when you talk about money, you never quite know where it's going to go in as far as people's response. Oh, you're, oh, you're talking about money. That's because you want money. Oh, and you, But there wasn't any of that. So I think I have a mature audience. Praise Yahweh that we grew up. Praise Yahweh, because ultimately the Bible is all about the maturing of the saints. And the responses I got and the encouragement that I got this week really surprised me. And that encourages me, especially in a time when I think money and what's going on economically better is something that we should be very, very aware of. This is the appropriate time, I believe, to continue on part B of chapter 5 of the book of Acts, using, of course, Ananias and Sapphira last week as what not to do. Let's jump back into where we were last week, and I want to expand upon three things that I said last week and expand to give you a total of eight points for us to jump off to today when we're talking about stewardship and we're talking about how Yahweh wants us to live because the purpose and here's the purpose and this is what really encouraged me people understood the purpose for why I was teaching this because guess what Torah to the tribes and ministry doesn't need your money I don't need your money you don't need your money. Because guess what? If we understand the principles that the Bible teaches, it's all about the life of a sharecropper and stewardship. Because it isn't ours and he's in control. And ultimately, we believe, I believe, that Yahweh will provide through his people. But ultimately, it's because Yahweh is moving in people or people are not allowing Yahweh to move in their lives. And then they get the consequences of that. This year, 2021, I think a lot more people are going to see the reality of the way that they have lived in the past now come to fruition for either blessing or troubles. So I hope it's not too late to correct the course, 
But this year, I think, is where the rubber hits the road because there has been, I believe, intentional implosion of the middle class. You can see last year, we are now moving into a technocracy where you've got big tech, big box stores are made more money last year than any year. Yet the middle class, your small business owners, are, is being decimated. So what you're going to end up is in that totali totalitarian society where you have technocracy and then you have poverty, which is a surf class. So that's why this is so important, because this isn't anything that hasn't happened before. It's just in a modern way, it's happening with technology. Now, sometimes I get discouraged, and then this week I went to the Book of Kings, because I was like, oh my goodness, the leadership in this country, the leadership, what's happening in the world? And Yahweh just showed me through the kings, not that I didn't know because I've read it so many times, but I have my hand upon my people, Matthew. There, this, there has been wicked leaders for millennia. And sometimes they reigned for 17 years or, or 22 years. And then another successive wicked leader came in. But Yahweh always said, that in spite of that, his people he would be faithful to, they would show their devotion by fearing Yahuwah, and then he, in turn, would respond to them by being faithful to the promises of David. So in all of this economic uncertainty in which we do now live, I know this. That Yahweh was on the throne, that no matter what leadership that we end up with in any country in the world, it has happened before. Wicked leaders, good leaders, the kings of Israel, the kings of Judah, the majority wicked for generations upon generations. And in spite of that, Yahweh is faithful to the promises of Messiah ben David, and his people respond to his faithfulness by fearing him. And with that, we continue to be who we're going to be in the midst of wickedness. It matters not. And that is a surety. But there are some things that we can do to ensure that we don't enslave ourselves and become surety for a system of wickedness. And that is called stewardship when it comes to our finances. The witness of Ananias and Sapphira reveals the window from heaven was closed on them, was it not? In contrast, you're going to see in the next chapter with Stephen, the window from heaven was opened. So that's the premise when it comes to the Bible and money. Either you have an open window to heaven or a closed window to heaven. 
It's that simple. And it's got to do with money and stewardship. Chapter 5 and verse 1. And a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira his wife sold a possession. And he kept back part of the price, his wife also knowing, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart? So we have to see that this is a spiritual component behind stewardship or lack of it thereof. For you lie to the Ruach HaKodesh and to keep back part of the price of the land. So last week I touched on three points. I'm going to give you the other five. So in total, there's eight points, those of you that like to make notes, eight points to understand the Bible and money leading to an open window to heaven. Because that's what Yahweh wants for all of us, is to be like Stephen and access that open window to heaven. Last week I touched on three. Number one, I touched on the law of the sharecropper versus the law of cause and effect. Which one do you want? Just because something comes to you, doesn't mean it belongs to you. That's the law of the sharecropper. If you can get that first point, you're going to start running a good race. Just because something comes to you doesn't mean it belongs to you. The law of the sharecropper. Number two, we touched on last week, money and generosity. Meaning it's yours to manage but you don't possess it. If you can get that, there's going to be more freedom. More freedom. Number three, last week we touched on, come on, can we own up to the extra? Can we really, oh, well, I, I don't have any extra. Can we own up to the extra? To be generous or to be dead? It's that simple. To be generous or a total wipeout, total complete loss for those who aren't rich toward Yahuwah. Okay, so that's what we touched on last week. Now I want to finish up with five other points and delve into this for our teaching today. And the fourth point that we'll touch on today, is recognizing the origin of our finances and our ability. Number four. Number five, have Yahuwah move in your direction. Have Yahuwah move in your direction, which means that you enact the open window to heaven. Now, there's ways that we can have Yahuwah move in our direction by keeping his commandments, meaning at certain times of the month, according to his cycle, he moves in our direction on the Sabbath, on the feast days. He moves in our direction when we talk about him while we're breaking bread together, 
when we bless the food and we bless the kiddish and we are thankful, he moves in our direction because these are things that we were communicated to through the prophets in the scripture. So we can, number five, have Yahuwah move in our direction financially by enacting the law of the window of heaven. And number six, we're going to look at the laws of financial balance. What? There's laws of financial balance? Yes, there are. Number seven, we're going to look at killing discontentment. And number eight, we're going to look at the ten tenets of tithing. Now, firstly, I don't want you to think I am an expert on finances, because I'm not. I'm an expert on making a lot of mistakes, and in my earlier life, being a really bad steward. And I'm not going to get into it too much, but I grew up in a wealthy household because my father, we were middle class, there was the class system in England, We were middle class, and my father started the equivalent of like a home depot. And so we became wealthy. Then my father died when I was 13, and I was left in inheritance. I came over here when I was 19 as a trust fund boy. And I blew it all on riotous living. Totally had no cares because I never had any needs. I just lived like the world. So what I'm teaching today is because now as a born-again believer and seeing the fruits of having it all and it really, like King Solomon said, being nothing. The end of the day, the conclusion of the matter is what? I've had fountains and streams and gardens and this, that, and t'other, and all kinds of fear Yahuwah and keep his commandments. And then when you have that, you have so much more. Because I was so discontent back then and now as a believer I've had people come into my life who have been able to demonstrate how to live biblically financially so when I'm teaching today it's not because I'm an expert it's I'm an expert at making mistakes but I am also very observant and I recognize my mistakes and there are always people who are climbing up the ladder, and we're to help one another. And there are people that help me. And I'm very thankful for that. But we have to recognize our mistakes. And if we can't do that, and we can't own up to like, yeah, I can't live like that anymore. I can't have credit cards anymore. I can't do this anymore. I'm done with it. Unless you get to that point, It's going to be very hard for you to access that open window to heaven. So let's jump into this. Number four, recognizing 
recognizing the origin of our finances and ability. So, we know that Yahweh was living in the tabernacle, and David couldn't build the temple because he had what? Blood money, blood on his hands, right? So, David, no matter what he did, he couldn't access what Solomon could access, right? Because of the way that he had lived. David, therefore, prepared the way for Solomon. And what did Solomon have? Finances, access to the cedars of Lebanon, access to master craftsmen. And Solomon tells us this. It's written in the Scriptures, 1 Chronicles 29, verse 10. This is the open window to heaven. Listen, 1 Chronicles 29, verse 10. Wherefore David now is blessing Yahuwah, and he's going to bless and broadcast to the congregation of Israel. And he said, Blessed be thou, Yahuwah, Elohim of Israel, our Father, forever and ever, Thine, O Yahuwah, is the greatness, the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Yahuwah, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come to thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thine hand is the power and the might. And in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our Elohim, we thank thee and we praise thy glorious name. But who am I? And what is my people? That we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort. For all things, listen, for all things come to thee, and of thine own have we given thee. This is the origin of the Lord's Prayer. Can you see it? And the objective is, everything's Yahweh's, everything comes from him, and when we get to steward it, we get the honor to be able to honor Yahuwah. So what's the objective? Honor Yahuwah in all things. And that opens up the windows to heaven. This was David's prayer for Solomon. The fifth thing is have Yahuwah move in your direction which means that you have to enact the law of the window to heaven, that open window to heaven. So you have to ask yourself, who's on the top of your list? When you go, I don't have a list. Well, everybody has a list. You may not have it written down, but you have a list when it comes to your finances. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No man can serve two masters. Well, I don't have a list. Yes, you do. We all have a list. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, 
or else he will hold fast to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve Yahuwah and Mammon. Look at verse 25. Because we can go, what about me? What about me? 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 What about me belly? What about me drinkies? What about me fashion? But look at verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of Yahuwah and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek the open window to heaven, like David's prayer for Solomon and the congregation of Israel, and all these things will be added to you, meaning put Yahuwah's first, and multiplicity ensues, or the law of the window of heaven will be enacted. That's what it means. So the way we prioritize our finances is either to enact the law of the open window to heaven or enact the law to a closed window to heaven. There are some amazingly really good people that struggle constantly, constantly with money. And you're like, well, and they, well I, I, you know, I love the Lord and... Did, Yet, they've inadvertently enacted the closed window to heaven in their life and don't realize it. So the purpose today is to try and show you some things so then you can do some inventory. I can do some inventory and we can all get ready for 2021. Because this year... The rubber hits the road. Economically, let's be prepared. Let's be prepared for what is coming down the pike. The way we prioritize our finances is either going to enact the open window to heaven or enact the law to a closed window to heaven. And no matter, I know this is going to offend some people, no matter how hard you work, no matter how hard you save, and no matter how hard you pray, yes, I said that, pray, if you've inadvertently enacted the law of the closed window to heaven, you'll be stuck. And you'll never quite apprehend the blessing that Yahweh actually has reserved for you. It's reserved for you, and you just can't access it. Because there are laws within the scripture that are waiting for you to align with. But there are also other laws within the scripture that will lock you into a way that is not beneficial for you. That's the way the scripture works. The open window to heaven is the law of three. The open window to heaven is the law of three or the rule of three. Give, save, live. Give, save, and live off the rest. The closed window to heaven is the law of five. It's the rule of five. And it's the default that most don't think about, you just naturally do in your flesh. You just naturally do in your flesh. It's the rule of five, 
And it is number one, spend. What's that about? That's about me and my kingdom. Number two, I should pay off my debt. That's also about me. Number three, I should pay my taxes. That's about me and the man. Because I don't want to go to jail. Number four, I'm going to save. That's about me too, isn't it? Number five, I might give a little bit about others. Make me feel better about myself. And it's usually in this order. And then you cry out and you go, Yahuwah, please help me in my finances. And Yahuwah responds, I don't need to help you. You've got yourself totally covered. Number one, number two, number three, number four. And then with your leftovers, you're finally thinking about, you don't need my help. It's all about you. And there's the problem. And you're praying, Yahuwah, help me with my finances. You're helping yourself with your finances. How do I know this? Because when I was unregenerate and I had plenty, this is how I lived. And I ended up with major credit card debt, major debt. Just ask my wife. And I took her along on the ride with me. Look at Malachi. We all know it so well. Chapter 3, verse 7. Even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith Yahuwah Savar, Yahuwah of hosts. That's cause and effect, isn't it? But ye said, where within shall we return? Will a man rob Elohim? Yet ye have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. That's the 10% plus your added generosity. Meaning, Yahweh was last in your priority. You were number one, number two, number three, number four. Number five, a little bit about giving to others. But it wasn't generosity. It was really because you wanted to feel kind of good about yourself. Because you know that it's all about you. Right? And I'm not talking to any of you. I'm talking to human carnal nature and the world that we live in. The society that tries to enslave us is a debt society. But Yahweh gives us a whole out. And it's all in the life of a sharecropper. And it's freedom. Freedom. Ye are cursed with a curse, verse 9. For ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. We've been robbed in this whole nation. Yahweh's been robbed for centuries. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. This isn't the leftovers, last in priority. That there may be meat in thine house. And here's the point. And prove me. So Yahweh says, hey, here's the biblical way to live financially. Why don't you prove me? That's kind of scary, isn't it? Puts it back on you. Prove me. Now herewith says Yahweh Savar of hosts. 
If I will not open you the windows of heaven, I'm not making this stuff up, right? This, this, this is quite clear. And pour out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Oh, this is real. Try putting Yahuwah first by giving. And then you change the equation to living. Try and put Yahuwah first in giving. And you'll change the equation to living. It's the open window of heaven and blessing. Change your priority. Matthew. In case some of you think I'm picking on you. Those that know me and know my story know that I'm qualified to teach this not because I've got it figured out, because I have made so many mistakes because I had it all and I didn't even manage it at all. Malachi chapter 3, verse 11. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, says Yahuwah Savar of hosts. Meaning, by giving first to Yahuwah, you set in motion a spiritual cause and effect that allows Yahuwah to rebuke the devourer for your sake. Think about that. He'll sew up the hole in your financial sack and bring in the measure of multiplicity, which has always evaded you, no matter how much you prayed. Does, do any of you ever feel like you have a hole in your sack? Right? And you're like, oh my goodness. And it just, what's going on? Well, we need to turn the list of five upside down, right? Greed is the person that assumes that it belongs to them. Number six, the laws of financial balance. Number six, the laws of financial balance. And that gives you the margin to lend and not be in debt. That's Yahuwah's desire for us. The blessing is to lend and not to borrow. And if you do lend, then of course you don't charge interest to your brethren. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 12. I'll give you three points here on the three laws of financial balance. Yahuwah says in Deuteronomy 28, verse 12, Yahuwah shall open, remember it's all about the open window to heaven, Yahuwah shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven, to give the rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hand, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow, so if you're asking for the open window to heaven in your finances and you're borrowing, 
credit card debt, car loans, um, all that kind of stuff, is it going to happen? It can't happen. No matter how hard you pray, you're working against the promises of Scripture. We were never taught. I was never taught this in the church. And Yahweh shall make thee the head and not the tail. The problem is, America is now the tail of China. Finally, the British were like, we're the tail of the EU. We've got to get out. Brexit. Is it too late? This is, this is the setup. It's a macro level and a micro level, but it's the same thing. Because it's been exemplified to us by the globalists. Because finally, this is a financial implosion that has been brought about through a health crisis. It's a financial virus that is being deliberately put on the world to make the population of the world debtors. And technocracy will be the ones holding the currency, and it will be a digital currency because they're going to burn this whole system down. Because ultimately, this is a spiritual component. And we know in the book of Revelation that they are trading in souls. Satan, tie that in with Ezekiel 28. Number two, the second law of the financial balance. Oh, I haven't finished number one, had I? I'm still reading Deuteronomy 28, verse 12. That thou shalt not borrow, and Yahweh shall make thee the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. Meaning an open heaven to Yahweh's good treasure is contingent upon what? Anybody? What is it contingent on? It says it right there, not being in debt. It's contingent upon not being in debt. Number one, you have to have a point of reference. If you have no point of reference, then you're always going to struggle. Where are we? Where are we going? Where, where's, where's the money going? Where's it going? Where is it going? If you don't know where it's going, then you have no point of reference on which to correct. It's all about balance. It's all about, whoa, constantly correcting, isn't it? And if you don't know where you're going, you can't constantly correct. Think about that, the laws of financial balance. Constantly correcting. Number two, Proverbs 25, verse 28. He that hath no rule over his own life, this was me. I told you I came over to America and I had a big bank account. He was a trust fund boy. He that hath no rule over his life, his spirit, is like a city that is broken down with no boundaries. 19 years old, land in Seattle with a big bank account and nobody 
to tell me what to do. Can you imagine what this crazy guy got up to? I don't even want you to imagine. A guy that came from a lockdown boarding school, military, total control, and then coming over here, yeah, recipe for disaster and life lessons to learn. He that hath no, no rule over his life spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Being broken down, eventually ending up broke due to a lack of self-control. That's more. That was me. That was me. But when we make constant corrections, we start to walk with balance. We look at debt, we look at spending, we look at giving, and we start to make those constant corrections, we can come out of this darkness. Number three, we're going to go to Exodus chapter 20, verse 17. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. At the end of the day, it's all covetousness, the root of everybody's financial problems. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. We've got to have a clear objective. What are you trying to accomplish? Well, I want what he's got. I like that house. I, I, you know, I, like, I, like, I like that horse. That's got some good horsepower. I like, I... Isn't it that we're trying to accomplish the same thing? To honor Yahuwah. And then you're free. You see, covetousness breeds debt. And debt prevents you from being generous. You might want to be generous, might be in your heart, but you can't. And then people get stuck. Why can't you? Well, because you're a slave. But why would you be a slave when Yahushua has set you free? Galatians chapter 4 verse 7. So you are no longer in servitude, in debt slavery. But you are now, you have an inheritance. You're a son of Abraham, an inheritance. You cross over from the soil of debt to a better soil of abundance, where you can grow and be a Hebrew, one who crosses over who's the head and not the tail. We're to live as the children of Israel. And until you realize that you are an Israelite, and that this is your people. This isn't some ancient antiquated text. We are Israel. We are grafted in. And this is our people. This is our story. And Yahuwah is our Elohim. And he's told us. It's time to cross over. From the soil that you can never bring in a harvest. Because it's debt to crossing over and living like a Hebrew, a free man. 
which means you can be generous. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then you're an heir through Elohim. Formerly, when you did not know Elohim, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. I had money in my bank account, no cares financially, I didn't even need, this sounds insane, to balance a checkbook. Because it didn't matter. Because I just literally could go to the bank ATM card and just boop, 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 spitting out hundreds, whatever. I just got the little printout, stuck it in my pocket and lost it. And then off I went to the liquor store and all of the wicked stuff. And when I was 19... It's only one day when I woke up, I was like, oh, oh my goodness, look at me. Spiritually, morally bankrupt. I was like disgusted with myself. And I had no hope. I had no future. Because like Solomon said, you've seen it. I saw things that I should never, ever have seen. Touched and tasted things that I should never have tasted. And you can't undo that stuff. And it, it, it pollutes your soul. That is what the world, the best that the world could offer. On the outside, my life looked fabulous. I had a, an apartment downtown Seattle. 15-foot-high, open-face brick walls, beams overlooking Elliott Bay. It was my place. I could walk across the road to the salon that I work with, worked at, where I got paid cash. It was all under the table. No responsibilities. I, had, I was on low-income housing because I know how to work the system. I was on low-income housing from the Seattle Housing Authority. I had free medical, because I figured out how to do that. I paid $375 for this amazing apartment, and my electric bill was $32 a month. And that was the only bills I had, and the rest, was just burning it every single day. And it left me destitute. There is a better way to live. No longer a slave. Galatians chapter 4, verse 7. I'm oversharing. But I look back on my life and I, I think, how did I, what a miracle where I'm at now. And it's all glory to Yahuwah and the amazing people that he's brought into my life that have shown me a better way to live. And it's been emulated to me. And I hope that if I can just help some of you out there through my mistakes, then it can unlock you too. And sometimes you've got to make hard decisions. That means you're just going to have to go to Craigslist and, and 
put that car for sale and you're going to have to drive an old beater for a bit. You know what? That's, that's okay. And maybe, maybe, maybe you're going to have to sell your house and uh, you know, go live in a tiny home or move to Mississippi, right, Mosh? Yeah, the wife does not like it when I bring up Mississippi. (laughs) How can you turn back again to the weak and beggarly elements of the world? Well, here's your 600 bucks. Or here's two... Weak and beggarly elements. He set us free. Why would we return to slavery? Proverbs 22, verse 7. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. Now, many of you know, before children, I love to mountain climb and rock climb. I went to Yosemite in the late 90s. And uh, there was a guy down there, some of you that are into mountain climbing or rock climbing. There was a group down there at base camp in Yosemite, and they were all, you know, camping out in their old beater Volkswagens and whatnot. And there was a guy down there called Dean Potter. And he used to do this crazy thing. He would literally set up a slack line across the valley in Yosemite with a climbing rope. And he would tightrope walk across the valley. And you would see them practicing the slacklining down in the base camp in Yosemite, you know, just you know, a couple feet off the floor. And they would do that all day long, practicing, and there was a group and people cheering on, and it was quite a community thing. And then, once they had done it, and they were like, they had been successful for the, for the length of rope. They would go and do it and put a slack line up with thousands of feet below them and do the same thing. No safety. The guy that did this the best, and you can see him on YouTube, was a guy called Dean Potter. Now, eventually, this wasn't good enough for him. He got into um, the bat suits, the wing suits, and I think that's when he died. And if you haven't seen the wing suits and the bat suits, I would love to do that someday. I'm just telling you, it's not quite out of my system, but I would love to do that. So, you know, maybe when my children are all old and I've got nothing, nothing left, nothing but to lose, a little bat suit, wing suit flying. Why am I talking to you about this? Because what they were doing with this slack lining, I can equate it to finances. You've got to have a point of reference with your money because it's not yours. Where is it going? If he didn't have a point of reference, an objective, a point of reference, his objective, his point of reference is... I have got to get across the valley. That is my point of reference. I have got to get across the valley. And you need to do the same. Where's the money going? That's the first thing. The second thing 
is you have to realize you're going to have to make constant corrections now that you've got that objective. Constant corrections. That's the law of balance. I've got, uh, okay, I've got to get out of debt first. I've got to get out of debt first. Now I've got to change my spending. I've got to change, whoa, I've got to change my spending. And, yep, I'm going to start giving. Okay? There's your second point. Your third point, you've got to get a clear objective. What was his objective? I want to live. I do not want to fall to the valley floor. Our objective, I want to live. I do not want a total loss. Therefore, I'm going to honor Yahuwah. Because otherwise, it's the man that builds bigger barns, and it's a total wipeout. So there you go, money. Number one, you have to have a point of reference. I'm getting across the valley to the other side. Number two, I do realize that I'm going to make constant corrections when I do that. Meaning, I've got to have financial balance. I've got to get out of debt. And I've got to change the way I'm spending. And I've got to start giving. And number three, clear objective. I don't want to die. I do not want to fall down to the valley floor. I do not want to be the man who's building bigger barns. And then Yahweh says, I want it now, tonight. A total loss, a total wipeout. Because you're not taking anything with you. So therefore now, honor Yahweh. Honor Yahweh. That's important. That's my Yosemite lesson for you. Number seven. I am, I'm going off today, but you know what? I need a little bit of light refreshment from tripping out too much about what's going on in the world. <laughs> And, and worrying about what's going on in the world. And I thought, well, seeing as I got such a positive response, I think I could continue a little bit more from my life experiences and try and help and encourage you out there in preparation for this crazy economic downturn that's about to come this year, okay? Because if we get this stuff right, we're going to be okay. Because you'll be in an open window to heaven, regardless what the Luciferic realm is doing. Number seven, are we content or are you discontent? Content or discontent, that is the question. Not to be or not to be, it's to be content or discontent, that is the question. Because awareness... Look at that guy's house. Look at that guy's... Look, look what he's got. Awareness brings about discontentment. Covetousness. Until we were aware of somebody else's stuff, we were quite happy, weren't we? But once you start becoming aware of somebody else's stuff, you become discontent. Those of you that live in subdivision living, hmm, look at his grass, <laughs> right? And then the next thing you know, you've got to try and make your grass better than his grass. This is a real thing. Well, look at his car. Well, look at his wife, right? Awareness brings discontentment. 
it fuels covetousness. First Timothy chapter six, verse six. But piety, but piety with contentment is great gain. Yirah, piety, holiness, the fear of Yahuwah is what brings about the open window to heaven. That's the healing to covetousness. It's piety. It brings about contentment. Because covetousness is a symptom of discontentment. Don't you want to be content? I want to be content. Therefore, be pious. You see, S.A. Tan has brainwashed a bunch of you out there into thinking that great gain is a bigger house, a speedboat, a better car, maybe a bigger nest egg. No, that's, that's not true. All that is, is something that's going to fuel the fires for your discontentment especially if it comes at the expense of piety and the shrinking back from Yahuwah because you have a worldly life. You'll end up more discontent because you're chasing rainbows instead of chasing Yahuwah. Piety, holiness is what brings contentment. A bigger car, a bigger house, a a bigger nest egg, that's not going to bring contentment. That fuels the fires of discontentment because it usually comes at the expense of piety and the shrinking back from Yahuwah. Why? Because you don't have as much time for Yahuwah in your pursuit for the things that you're trying to gain. But truly, great gain is surrendering your life to Yahuwah and therefore you become content. Does that make sense? The world tells you great gain is more stuff. Therefore, you will actually become more discontent. You know, you see the guy driving down the freeway, and he's got the massive, massive RV packed with trash and trash every... And you're like, oh my goodness. I mean, for me, I mean, it's just like, I've tried that. <laughs> no. That's a lot of stuff to be hauling around, right? If great gain is defined by the world, then we die with gaining not a single thing. Because we get to leave it all behind. I mean, the pharaohs tried to pack it out. It didn't work well for them, did it? So the question you have to look and ask yourself is, when were you the most content? I know for me, when we had less and life was simpler. But if you begin to feed the appetite, then what happens to the appetite? Oh, it gets bigger, right? It's kind of like that. You've heard it. people say the black dog and the versus the white dog. Well, whichever one you feed, it's going to get bigger. You start feeding the black dog, the black dog's going to get stronger. It's going to get so much stronger, it'll devour the white dog. You have to think about these things. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 7. I know I'm banging on here, but this really impacts me 
because I'm so thankful that Yahoo has delivered me from myself. I'm so thankful for the words of Yahuwah and other people that follow the words of Yahuwah and can emulate biblical living so that we can all open the window to heaven and be at peace in 2021 when the world is going to be queuing up in the bread lines, when they're going to be panicking, when they're going to be going, you know what, yes, I'll take the universal basic income debt slavery. Yes, I'll go and live in that little pod in the FEMA camp as long as you feed me, vaccinate me, and give me all of the stuff that I need. Yes, people will be thankful that they don't have a job. They will be thankful that they're being taken care of by the government because they have become so indebted to this Luciferic system. But there's another way. First Timothy 6, 7. For we brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of the world, Pharaoh. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and have pierced themselves through with many pangs. Discontentment, my friends, is dangerous. Discontentment is dangerous. It's a trap. Money is a hammer. Money is a saw. Money is a screwdriver. It's a tool. There is nothing innately wrong with it. When I first started to collect weapons, handguns and long guns, my wife was very nervous about it. And I said, honey, it's a tool. It's not innately evil. It's a machine. It's a tool. That's all it is. It's how it's stewarded and how you approach it and how you use it but it's not innately evil it's not it's a tool it's not good it's not it's a tool it's in the hands of the person that it can become wicked or be used for great good money is the same thing it's a tool there's nothing innately wrong with it it's how you view it it's how you use it if you love it and you use it and consume it like oxygen and food, then it's evil. Is it there to be consumed? Well then, that's evil. It's not oxygen. It's not for your consumption. So therefore, you've got to reorientate, orientate, recalibrate, get across the valley floor, and redirect your pursuit to be a pious follower of Yahuwah. And that will make you content. And that's the solution to covetousness and discontentment. Look at verse 11. But thou, O man of Yahuwah, flee these things and follow after righteousness. Follow after godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. Meaning, wake up and become aware. Verse 17 of 1 Timothy chapter 6. 
charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living Elohim, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Does he want you to have a nice supper? Of course he does. Wants you to have a nice breakfast? Nice pair of trousers? Sure. There's nothing wrong with that. Wants your wife to have some, you know, maybe some nice jewelry? Oh, it's jewelry. That's just Egyptian. No. Solomon had all of this splendor, but he, he wasn't discontent. Well, we did have a problem with horses and women, amongst a few other things. So maybe I'll retract that. But he shouldn't have been discontent. Look at verse 18. But they do good that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Covetousness fuels the flames of discontentment. If all you're aware of is what you don't have, it's going to fuel your discontentment. It's going to fuel your spending. It's going to fuel your debt. It's going to fuel your unhappiness because it's an appetite that can never be fully satisfied. And that is evil. It's not the tool. It's not the tool. I'll give you a biblical equation, okay? Holiness plus contentment equals great gain. It's the only real gain. It's the only way to enrich yourself. Holiness plus contentment brings about great gain. Which is why I love ministry. Because it's where I flourish. And having to go down to work and earn money and a coin... Mm. Right? I love this, as I'm sure you guys love ministry, because we want to do things kingdom ways for kingdom equations. Holiness plus contentment equals great gain. Two things to be aware of. What do we need and what we don't need. Meaning we need to become less aware and we need to become more aware. Well, that's an oxymoron. No, let me explain. What do we need to become less aware of? What you don't have. That's what you need to become less aware of. What you don't have. Put it away from your mind. And what do you need to become more aware of? Surrendering ourselves and our stuff to Yahuwah. Good works and 
distributing generously. That's what we need to become more aware of. And then you'll get contentment. And I'll finish up with my eighth point, which is the ten tenets of tithing. The ten tenets of tithing. We'll make it quick. Number one, tithing was before Moshe. It's a Malkizedic requirement. Genesis 14, 19 through 20. It's called in the Hebrew the Ma'aser. Tithing was before Moshe. Number two, Jacob offers a tithe, which is a tenth of all. Genesis 28, verse 20 through 22. Number three, the tithe law of commandments. This is where people go wrong. The tithe law of commandments contained in ordinances is introduced under the book of the law. Leviticus 27, verse 30. When people try to put tithing in a Levitical breakdown, that doesn't work because we are no longer under the law, the book of the law. People love it when I say that. We're no longer under the law, the book of the law. I think Jim Staley does the best impersonation of me when it comes to that. I actually, yeah, I have a video of that somewhere. I might one day ask him permission to put that up online. He really does a good impression. We're no longer under the law. It's Malkit That's his impression of me. Now me trying to do it, you know, I don't know. Number four, the tithe law of commandments contained in ordinances is established for the Levites. Numbers 18 verse 21, we're Malkit Number five, the Levite tithe, again, found in Numbers chapter 18, verse 26. But, number six, Nehemiah, Nehemiah reestablishes the tithe in Nehemiah chapter 10, verse 35. Number seven, you want to access the principles of plenty? Read Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 specifically. Test Yahuwah, number nine. Number eight, test Yahuwah in the tithe. We read it, Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. And number nine, the faithful giver, read Mark chapter 12, specifically the 40th, 41st verse. And finally, we've gone full circle back to Genesis. Full circle tithing, it's Malkizedek. Hebrews chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. That will get rid of your discontentment and set you free from this debt slavery that's coming in 2021. So first of all, you've got to see where is the money going. Secondly, you're going to have to make some constant corrections. You may have to sell your car and buy an old banger. You may have to sell your house. And go live in a tiny home. You may have to move to Mississippi. I don't know. But that's all part of the constant corrections. And don't fall to the valley floor. You don't want to be building bigger barns. And Yahweh says, I'll require of it tonight. That's a total wipeout, a total loss. This is how we're to live. Give, save, 
and live off the rest. It's not about dollars. It's always about percentages. 10% is tithes. Now, if you want to be addingly generous, then that's called an offering. The tithe is 10%. It's called a ma'aser. Giving above and beyond is generosity. That's called a teruma, a love offering seen in Corinthians. Give first where you are being spiritually fed. Because people often ask, well, where should I give? Where are you being spiritually fed? Give there. And second, give where your heart is being pulled. What pulls at your heart? What tugs at your heartstrings? And give there. For, for me and my family, we have a heart for children and babies, little babies. There's a phenomenal place in Washington, in Vancouver, called Options 360. And that, that tugs at our heartstrings. Right? But it might not tug at your heartstrings. And when you do that, you open the window to heaven. Because Yahweh wants to prepare us for the days in which we live. The purpose of this second part in stewardship and the sharecropper, I'll call it, is because I see desperate times economically coming. And I think the way to get out of that trap is to open the window to heaven. But before we can do that, we're going to have to have a clearer objective. Where's the money going? You're going to have to make some constant corrections. Get out of debt. Start giving and living. And always be aware that you don't want to fall to the valley floor. Because this year, you're going to see the majority of humanity by design will fall to the valley floor. It's going to be a total wipeout. But there's a different way for us because Yahuwah is truly about to open the window to heaven when we align ourselves with his word and with his good graciousness. Take it from a man who's made a lot of mistakes. Yahuwah is faithful and his word is true. Test him and see. And you know what? It might not be easy. It might not be easy. Because I tried this earlier in my life as a Christian. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be in debt anymore. You know what? And I was out of debt. And then I gave in to the temptation. I was like, oh, I'm gonna, oh yes. And I went and I b- bought a, a brand new Jeep Commander. I didn't buy it. I was in debt again. And I was like, oh, and then I was so convicted. And so I had to make constant corrections. And then I'd I'd do good for a little bit, and then I'd go and do it again. I'm like, why do I keep doing the same? Because you have to make constant corrections. And finally... If you make enough constant corrections in your life, 
debt and spending and giving, you'll get across there. And once you've got across the valley floor once, you'll do it again and do it, and you'll be like, I'm free. I'll never want to go back there again. Never. Because you want to be content, which is piety and living right before Yahuwah. That's what I want for all of us. And I'm so thankful for the people that Yahuwah has put in my life that have helped me. And I'm most thankful, of course, to my Savior that delivered me from myself and my own stupidity by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yahuwah is faithful and his word is so true. Let's see what you have got to say in the chat. And I assure you, I promise you, if I have any say in the matter, which I think I do, I will get into chapter 6 next week. But, you know, I'm just a little man on this little planet. Is it such a thing as a planet? Don't stop that for crying out loud. All right. Oh, look, we've got um, subtitles or text comes up in the video now. Somebody must have put that put that right there. Okay, all right. If you want me, where are we? Which camera are we on? Red light me. I've got to have a drink. I've got to have a drink of me bubblies. I lost a bottle of bubbly somewhere. Where did it go? Is it in here? All right. If you want me to respond to a question, then help me by redlining me. And if you're on Facebook, you can't redline on Facebook, hop over to YouTube. And remember, BitChute, deplatforming major right now because it's a technocracy. So remember, we are on BitChute. Connect with us on BitChute. So let's see what you guys have to say. Any questions, go ahead, comments, or if you have a testimony, try and put it up there in the red. Because I tell you what, we are living in amazing times. Let me see here. Here we go. Diesel Grandpa, Shabbat Shalom up there. You guys up in Snohomish. All right. Oh, he, I think he's talking to somebody else, not, not, not us here. Okay, I won't, I won't say that when he's talking about babies. Oh, no, no, that works with what I was saying. Right, he says, at Torah to the tribes, I definitely have a baby I'm in love with. This has been the best two weeks of lessons in a while. You have no idea. Love you, brother. Oh, blessings. Blessings, he does. He's got a new grandbaby. He used to be Diesel, um, Diesel Dad. Now he's Diesel Grandpa. So, obviously, he's... Uh, opening the window of heaven right there. Thomas, Thomas, Shabbat Shalom, Thomas Liebert. I've been binge listening to a lot of your teachings. Have you, do you have an English accent yet? I drive a semi. Oh, now see, I would love to, I mean, I, I'll put this out there. I, I would like to do a little road trip with some of you semi drivers. I, I think that would be fun. Just like in the cab, on a semi with a sleeping cab for a couple of days, I think that would be a blast. I, I would be a nice little experience. I've never done that in my life. Hey, can I come on a semi run with one of you semi drivers? I think that would be a blast. I think we could talk about Yahweh and sing and worship, and it would be just amazing. And I'm not going to carry any of the heavy stuff. I'm just letting you know. Just I'm not doing any loading or unloading. Oh, I would. You know I would. 
I drive a semi and I want you to know that they have blessed not only me, but also my wife and daughter. Glory to Yahuwah. Well, praise Yahuwah. Shabbat Shalom and blessings to you, Thomas Leibert, and your household. Praise Yahuwah. Let's see. Well, here we go. Much more truth is a good question. We have two cash cars. That's a good start. Don't own our home, but rent. What do you think of renting? You know, um, what do I think of renting? That's a great question. I think right now, buying right now is um, the market. We're at the top. I think wait. I think wait to buy. Okay. Um, and like I said last week, I'm not the expert on this. I think Dave Ramsey is uh, follow his program. In fact, I was uh, communicated with dear sister Raquel um, this week, and we were talking about possibly, if if you guys are interested, maybe doing like this Dave Ramsey thing that she might host that people could, if they want to learn on some of those programs on how to begin to get across the valley floor successfully. There's some good tools. So that might be a question on the renting and the buying type of thing. Yeah. So let's, let's see what else we got here. What else we got here? Oh, look, here we go. Um, Alicia Bella Milroy, living in Minnesota, debt-free, houses are cheap on my res. Love this teaching. I need to learn how to give more. Thank you. Well, there we go. Maybe under, that's a reservation, huh? Now, at Matthew Nolan, remember the gal from the Netherlands? Yes. Did we see, did, did the Netherlands pop up in the chat? Did I miss that? See, I'm on the fly here. What else am I missing? I'm sure I'm missing so much today. Goat lady in the southwest. The insects are the size of dinner plates in Mississippi. Shh, shh. My wife's watching. Shh. Cairo Alexander. Texas is sitting pretty with its own power grid and exit from the union. Texas. Well, I was talking to Sister Raquel this morning, this morning, this week, and I think she's going to exit to, I think you said um, San Antonio, didn't you? San Antonio. So, yeah, that's supposed to be really good. Carlos Guzman says at Chris FEMA Region 4, Florida sounds nice. Is everything open? Yeah, Florida's got a good good governor down there, but I think it's spendy down there. See, that's the problem. Arkansas and Mississippi, that's where your money's going to more bang for your buck. But then, you know, you've got to deal with a lot of stuff down there as well. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is Oregon is ridiculous. Okay? It's really expensive. And... It's just getting really politically just bananas here. Oh, but, but Yahweh's on the throne. Stay cool and calm and collected, Matthew. Don't panic. See, I have to, I have to talk myself down. You guys have to help me here. Pray for me, please. 
Now, rent or buy, even when you own, quote, this is from John Shugel, a home, you still have to pay taxes to the government for it. Taxes are the same as rent. Yes, it's called getting an allodial title. So, yeah, if you're going to stay there, then there is ways to get, of course, air and mineral rights, and you can look into doing that because this is only a new thing in the past century. So before that, they weren't doing any of this nonsense, were they? So you just have to go back in history a little bit before the 1933 takeover. Mm, so much to talk about. Come to Tennessee. Shemer, come to Tennessee. Tennessee, yeah, I hear Tennessee's pretty nice. Now, Libby, the Libby tube. Now, where are you again, Libby? I think, I'm not sure where Libby's at. I forgot. But she's down south. Arkansas? Louisiana. I think Libby's in Louisiana. Libby, are you in Louisiana? I think you are. How, how is it down there in Louisiana? I think you get a lot, lot of bang for your buck down there, don't you? Yeah. Mustard Seas says, come to Georgia, Brother Matthew. Yeah, Georgia, you get a lot of bang for your buck down there in Georgia. You, you made a face. You don't like the idea of Georgia. Why, have you been to Georgia? I slept, I slept on a French fry in Georgia once at the Hard Rock Cafe. I mean, I really did. I went to the loo. My, my wife just thought it was the funniest thing. I nearly broke my tailbone. And I came back and I slept on a French fry. I mean, just woof. And you should have seen everybody come. <gasps> I think they asked me to sign something because they were so concerned I was going to sue them. That was my experience of Georgia. was five hours in the Hard Rock Cafe waiting for my plane connection. Yes, Libby is in Louisiana. There you go. I, just, I knew it right there in the back of my head somewhere. How is it down there, um, Libby? Is it good? Is it good? Is it good? All right. I love it. I love it. We've got such a great community of people here. All right, here we go. Here's a good one from Notsarim 10. I just heard a report that said Latinos are half of the deaths related to COVID-19. How do Latinos fit into your theology in relation to the house of Judah? Well, I think... Um, it, re it really depends. I mean, many, many Latinos will find that they will go back to the Portuguese and to the Spanish, you know. So my wife's maiden name is Castilleja, which means a castle in Spain. And so her dad was from Mexico. So, you know, again, a Latino, um, you're going to find a lot of those connections to, to the Sephardic, to the Sephardic Jews. So you may have to look into that. But that's from my understanding is you find that a lot of the Latinos and Latinas are Sephardic. Sephardic. So, you know, Spanish Inquisition and all that, right? Got to watch out for the Portuguese. Oh, you're in Shreveport. Shreveport. Um, is that what it, how you pronounce it, Libby? Shreveport. Good. 
She's born and raised in Louisiana. She lived in North, Central, and South Louisiana, like being in three different states, very diverse. Ah, right, and she sounds like she's from Louisiana too, if you, if you talk to her, which I think is very, it sounds fabulous to me. I could, I, I could most probably do a pretty good Louisiana accent myself, but I won't do it now. But I'm pretty good at that, that accent. Here we go. Damon, underline, is a servant of Yahweh. He says, Matthew, do you have any thoughts about the stability, instability crash of the dollar? <laughs> oh, yes, I do. That's the problem. I've got too many thoughts about it. There is a lot of indications that the dollar may crash. How would we hedge against it? Well, hedging against it, I'm not so sure about that. But, you know, it's going, I mean, it's just, it's, it's going to crash. It has to crash. I mean, you can't be at 30,000 plus in the stock market when you're trillions upon trillions in debt that it's just going, I mean, it is, it is just a house of cards. So come out of Babylon. That's it, right, isn't it? Yeah. Modesto, speaking of dangerous slippery fries, <laughs> is it okay for believers to sue for damages? Other believers, the world? Well, it says, you know, to, 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 to agree with your brother before you go to, go to sue. So, you know, believers and believers, the world? Yeah. But um, other believers, you know, try and, try, and, try, and, try and talk it out and come to some kind of agreement. No, always, always, always best. Many accents in Louisiana, Libby says. I bet there is. I bet there's many accents in England as well. And then what happens when you've been in America for so long and you've no longer got really an English accent, you haven't got an American accent, you've got like, I'm like mid-Atlantic, somewhere around the Titanic area. I'm just in between the two, you know. I say I'm, I've got this mid-Atlantic accent now because it's when I go back to England, my brothers sound just so English. But then over here, people say, oh, you sound English, but I sound mid-Atlantic, Titanic-esque. Southwest, oh, where are we? Oh, there we go, much more truth. You said this earlier, $28 trillion in national debt, mostly to China, TikTok, TikTok. Look at the national debt clock. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, here's a good one. What is your take of investing in the stock market? I think I think a dollar short and a day late. <laughs> I think those days are over. That's just me. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, here we go from Shamer. Latinos are mixed. You are correct. You have to go back to the Spanish Inquisition to really understand where it all started. The slave trade in the Caribbean. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. 
I love some of the questions that come up here. <laughs> totally off the wall here. Lambert Adventure, totally off the wall question. I, I don't have an answer for you, but I'm going to read it because it's great. Have you ever looked into the three skeleton skull structures and its relationship with the 12 tribe genetics? If Ishmael is Muslims, wouldn't Jacob have the same skull structure? What? What are you talking about? I don't know, but I like it. I'd love to talk to you about that. But I have no idea what you're talking about, but I know it would be cool because I'm sure you have got something there. We're talking to skull structures and all of that. Good. We can get into Egyptology. You can see that Obama's skull structure is the same as what the whole. Yeah. Did you ever get into that or the Egypt? Um, it, what was it? It hope or something. You remember, Larry? Oh, yeah, there's a total, if you look at I've, the Obamas and uh, Egyptologists, and then, you know, did they possibly find, get some DNA? Did they possibly get some DNA out, some, out of some of those pyramidal crypts back in the early 20s and, you know, try to bring back some of the, oh, yes, you see, don't get me down there on that. See, Lambert Adventures getting me in the weird zone again where I love to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. Much more truth says Obama looked like King Toot or King Tut, King Toot. <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> Chris on FEMA Region 4, Obama is a test tube baby. Uh, that would be a good song, wouldn't it? That's a good song. Somebody put that one to music. King Toot. <laughs> King Tut. I once saw him, actually, back in 1990. I did when he was in Egypt. In Cairo. Yeah. Now, there you go. There we go. 10 4 10. Real wealth in the scriptures where land with water, livestock, and precious metals. There you go. Oh, my goodness. All right. Cairo, Alexander. Cloning centers are real. Well, it's true, isn't it? Yeah. You forgot. Randall Rush says, now we're going off on Obama here. See, Matthew, be careful what you start bringing up because you guys will just, you just, we, 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 we encourage one another, don't we? You see? You forgot Obama's mama was a white girl from Kansas. <laughs> oh, and then Mark Schroy says, it was Akantaten. Akantaten? I think so. <laughs> I opened up a can of worms here. I opened up. Now, now, all oh, you see. Now, I didn't start it, actually. Actually, who started it? Who started it? Let me go back. Let me go find the culprit here. It was Lambert. It was Lambert Adventure who started this whole sidetrack here. So that's it, Lambert. You are now banned and deplatformed. I'm kidding. <laughs> That's what they would do to us, though, wouldn't it, right? Oh, he started it. Yep, oh, he caused a riot. Good grief. 
It's big tech. It's Skynet, isn't it? It's Skynet. It is big tech takeover. Good grief. What an amazing time to be alive. What an amazing time to be alive. (sighs) Praise Yahweh. Praise Yahweh. I'm excited. I feel more encouraged now, you see, being in the community and the congregation of the saints. I hope this blesses you and encourages you each Sabbath that we spend together. Be blessed. Look after one another. Be your brother's keeper. Be generous. Be a blessing. And remember that Yahweh is in control, but we've got to make the corrections in our life to have that life that Yahweh has stored up for us so that we can get through this next season abundantly, abundantly with clarity, power, and to be outperform all of the heathen because they are going to fall off their slack line to the valley floor. It's going to be a total loss. And Yahweh is restoring the kingdom to Israel, which means we've got to be kingdom people living on kingdom principles. And that is Acts chapter 5 in summation. I pray that you bless one another. Remember, do subscribe to this channel and give us some thumbs up. All of you in the chat now, come on, it doesn't take long to just thumb up, thumb up, and it helps get more people watching and connecting with the ministry. We are so blessed. And we thank you so much. Remember, do connect on the Zoom platforms. They're no longer platforms. They really are communities. And to all of you out there that work so hard behind the scenes and those that do support the ministry with your financial giving and generosity, thank you, thank you so much. I see miracles happening all the time. And my life is a miracle. And I know that your life is a miracle too because that's why Yahweh brought you to this ministry. Let's continue to edify one another and maybe we'll see each other in Mississippi or Louisiana or maybe I'll be in a semi-truck traveling. I don't know. That one sounds doable and fun to me, I must say. Anyway, I'm rambling on. Praise Yahweh that I can still talk and haven't lost my voice. Some of you are like, I wish you had lost your voice. No, we don't wish, do we? Because that's a bunch of pagan nonsense. Bless one another. Give us some thumbs up, and I hopefully will catch you as mad as I am next Shabbat here live, Baruch Hashem, Yahweh.